Well, good morning and welcome to Monday Medicine. And this is Pastor Richard Lejeune. And this is Pastor Curtis King. And we have to make sure we're pointing in the right direction. <laughs> yeah, it hey, took us a couple you. of takes to get that right. So it certainly did. It certainly did. Uh, you know, um, these things don't come together as easily as uh, some people think they do. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I know I've tuned into other podcasts and just, you know, just, you just take, uh, take for granted that they just turn on a camera and started recording, but boy, that boy, oh boy, there's a lot that goes into making something like this. This has literally been months in the making, hasn't it? It sure has. Yep. I'm and, sitting uh, here in our church auditorium looking at holes that you and your assistant have drilled in our walls. And, uh, <laughs> well, we, we took a trip up to Niagara Falls from Stratford, Connecticut, and, um, got to see the falls all over again. Uh, more importantly, got to see you and Janet and Joseph and, we got to eat some good food, so it's always good when you get to do pizza. that stuff. Yeah, Buffalo, Western New York pizza. It's the yeah. best in the world. Yeah. Well, Pastor Richard, why don't you, why don't you just take a minute, and we're going we're gonna, to uh, kind of tell our stories a little bit. Why don't you take a minute and just kind of tell everybody why we're doing this? Well, you and I have been friends for many, many, many years, and uh, from the day that you hired me, or shortly thereafter, I think we both realized that the two of us just clicked. Mm-hmm. And um, our personalities are different, but our ministry philosophy from the get-go lined up pretty well. And then I could see that, that you were where I one day wanted to be as a, as, a, as a man and as a pastor. And so I just wholesale bought into um, what you had to offer, and uh, me as a, a little dweeb assistant pastor, young kid. And, and so we, uh, yeah, we, uh, we hit it off well. And even, even after, um, our ministries took us different directions, we've continued to stay friends and, and, uh, chat. And I I know that I've gotten a lot of advice from you and it's been, it's been, it's been a great relationship. And, uh, I know we were talking about some, uh, some Bible things, what about six months ago? And I said to you, you know, we ought to make a pod- podcast where we get on and just chat about these things together. Mm-hmm. So that's how we kind of got to this point. I, I am so excited about this. And, you know, what you just said is so true about our ministry philosophies. I think um, uh, one, one time uh, somebody was criticizing me and their criticism of me was that I am too motherly. Okay. <laughs> Have I ever told you about this? I don't think so. Okay, uh, I'll give you the backstory one of these days privately. All right, but but the person said that you know you're just too motherly. You know you just you know you uh, this is back in my youth pastor days that you you just want to mother these these kids. And uh, at first I thought, now is he saying I'm trying to smother the kids or? <laughs> but um, smothering is a father's um, yeah, the, attribute, not a mother's yeah, attribute. <laughs> there you go. But you know, I thought about it. And I thought you know, there's a lot of truth that I am a kind of a motherly kind of guy and I but I thought uh and I I don't mean that in a feminine way you know it's you know it's it's not that it's just a nurturing okay and I do think that in the heart of a pastor there's got to be a nurturing spirit and uh, I think you have to look at people uh and and the hurts that they're experiencing or have experienced in life and uh, and there's got to be a deep love and a care, and I think you kind of feel that way as well. And that's and that's why our uh, podcast we're calling it the Monday Medicine, the pastor's perspective on your problems, um, because uh, we see people who've been wounded, 
by sin. We see people who've been wounded by others, and, uh, and we want to help heal those wounds, and we believe that the Word of God has the answer for those things. So that's, that's the, why it's called the Monday medicine. Uh, <laughs> right, and we, and we hope to offer uh, some points of, of laughter, levity throughout it, just, uh, you know, in, in casual conversation. We'll tell some corny jokes here or there, and um, sometimes our jokes will be so bad you won't be able to help but laugh. But, um, but you know, what, what's the Bible tell us? It's Proverbs 17, I believe. A merry heart doeth good like a medicine. So yep. some folks yep. just need to lighten up a little bit. Yes, yes. And I honestly, I really do believe one of the um, uh, struggles that we Christians have with our image is that we are not seen as people of joy. And, uh, and, and part of that is because the burdens of life have beaten up so many Christians and you need to get healed from your wounds and you need to put a smile on your face and have the joy of Jesus in your heart. So that's, hopefully we will accomplish that. Yeah. So if we can make you laugh and, um, and we can help you through a struggle here and there, um, and you can be entertained for 30 minutes in the process, then uh, I think that checks all the boxes. Amen to that. Amen to that. Well, the the plan is that every Monday we are going to have a topic and uh, the topic will have uh, it will in some way be connected to the theme of the show, Monday, Monday Medicine. And um, uh, so uh, uh, some topics may last two, three or four weeks. Uh, Some topics may only be one one episode. But um, we uh, we thought, you know, we'll come on here and banter for a few minutes, just chat a little bit. And then after five or 10 minutes, uh, we'll, we'll get into the topic. And one thing, Pastor Richard, you and I talked about um, with this being episode numero uno is that it might be a good idea just um, to, for you to give a little bit of your background, me to give a little bit of my background, where you grew up, what kind of situation you grew up in, what led you to where you are now at um, White Oak Baptist Church, and the same with me. What led? How did I grow up? How did I get here? And I got my handy dandy stopwatch here, and it looks like we've already gone six minutes. So we probably need to get that our little testimonies done here in about about uh, three minutes or so. So yeah, tell tell your story. All right. Well, the Cliff Notes version. I was uh, born into a, a Christian home. My dad, first generation. My mom, third or fourth generation Christian. They met in Bible college, and I was born in Northwest Indiana, and then moved down to uh, the Southeast, where I lived till I was 16 in three various ministries. At the age of four, I accepted Christ as my Savior. At the age of 12, at a Christian camp uh, in Louisiana, I surrendered my life to uh, to serve God full time, and glad I did. Um, uh, so I didn't feel called to necessarily to ministry right away, but just whatever God wanted me to do. Uh, when I was 16, we moved to Baltimore, Maryland for my dad to start a Christian school. And so um, my whole life, I've been raised around church ministry. Uh, Ken Griffey Jr. was raised in the dugout by his dad. I kind of feel like I was raised in the dugout of church ministry. And so Amen. when I turned 18 and it was time to go off to college, I couldn't imagine doing anything other than church ministry. There was a desire for it in my heart, but yet no calling. You say a burden, but no call. Then my junior year of college, God Uh, called me to pastor. Uh, No question in my heart, the sermon I was listening to, that was God's calling on my life. And so uh, I left Bible college, um, got married a week later. uh, So I had a diploma and a wedding certificate. And then two years (laughs) from that date, I met you. Uh, We started working (laughs) together and uh, bounced around a little bit, but landed uh, in the pastorate in Stratford, Connecticut, and, and just loving life. 
Amen. Amen. You, you got to take a minute here and tell everybody about your wife and kids. You, you, you are blessed. <laughs> I am a blessed man. So my wife's name is Angela. She is from the country of Peru and the city of Huancayo. Huancayo is a little more than two miles above sea level. I'm Spell actually getting ready to go there in a couple of months. <laughs> every time I go to her hometown, I get sick. But every time I look at her, I'm lovesick. So it's all good. Um, uh, God's blessed me with her. We've been married for 14 years. She's definitely the better half, not only better looking, but just, just a great woman, uh, for me, my completer. And then God's given us two children who are great, uh, young folk, love the Lord and, uh, love life 12 years old and 10 years old. Matthew is uh, the 12 year old. April is the 10 year old. So it's us four we're loving life and, uh, just enjoying doing uh, church ministry together. Oh, that's so good. Man, I miss your family. I, I miss you, but I miss your family. You and I get to do this every week now. So, yeah. well, I, I grew up not far from uh, Paducah, Kentucky, the vacation capital of the world, as I like to say. And um, I was actually born in Missouri, but I grew up in Paducah, Kentucky, and I was saved at age 11. I was called to preach about a year and a half later uh, when I was 13. And then when I graduated from high school, went off to Bible college. That's where I met Janet. And um, everybody would agree that she's the better half of the King marriage. No question about that. And um, uh, we have four kids. Uh, my oldest son, Kurt, is pastoring the Calvary Baptist Church in Liberty, South Carolina, and doing a fantastic job down there. Uh, his wife, Megan, they met uh, at, at our old church, our old Christian school in Maryland. And then um, uh, Caroline, Oliver, and Elliot are my three grandchildren in South Carolina. Kurt was the least Southern of all of my four children, but now he is the most Southern of all of my four children. And then I have a daughter, uh, Alyssa Burt. She's married to Nathan Burt, who is the children's pastor at Lancaster Baptist Church in Lancaster, California. And um, uh, we have a little one-year-old grandchild with Nathan and Alyssa, little Silas. And, um, and then my daughter, Bethany, is in uh, Connecticut, just right down the road from you. Uh, she is uh, teaching in a Christian school there in Newington, Connecticut. And then Joseph is finishing up Bible college online, and he is here in Niagara Falls helping us. I don't know what I would do without Joseph. He is an incredible blessing. Uh, but uh, after 22 years of ministry in Maryland, I am now in Niagara Falls, New York. I've been here for three years, and I am, as we say in Paducah, Kentucky, I'm as happy as a wet pig in the sunshine. So there you go. So we are the only one in Niagara Falls, New York that will ever use that phrase. I don't think anybody else here would ever use. In fact, when I use that phrase here, they look at me like, what did he just say? <laughs> <laughs> well, Richard, I got 11 minutes into the, the podcast. We got uh, less than 29 minutes to go. You want to tell everybody what the theme is for, wait, you know what? How, how about I tell everybody what the theme is for today and next week. And then, uh, and then you go first. Is that, that, is that good? Absolutely. Okay. Right. So our theme uh, for the day and for next week um, is friendship. And you might say, well, what does uh, Christian friendship, by the way, you might say, well, what does Christian friendship have to do with, with medicine and with healing your wounds? Well, I do believe that Richard and I are examples of how God can use a Christian friendship to, to help, okay? Um, there was a time in Richard's life that he was just going through a, a horrific trial, and 
I'm not going to say that I did anything. Honestly, I can't think of anything brilliant that I said to you during that time, but I was a friend to you. And, um, and because I love him and I love Jesus and I love him. And, and we have a, we have a powerful, strong friendship. And I really believe that that, that friendship helped Richard through his challenging time. I went through a, a horrible, challenging time in my life and, and I'm telling you, Richard was there for me every step of the way. And I can't think of any one amazing, brilliant, powerful piece of advice that you gave. It wasn't that. It's just, it's just the power of Christian friendship. And so I think we both know what that's like uh, and how God can use a Christian friendship to help somebody. I, um, um, I, I was listening to... Um, a, a, a famous pastor. I'm, I won't give his name because theologically we are at opposite ends of the spectrum. <laughs> but but I was listening to a, a preacher, uh, a nationally worldwide known preacher, talking about friendships, and and he made a statement that I thought was really good. He said, "You know, everybody has friends in a broad sense. Okay, um, you know, people that you see their picture on Facebook. That's about all you know of them." Uh, then you have friends in a little more of a narrow sense, you know, people that, you know, you, you speak to at work, that you speak to at church, you know, you might run into them in the neighborhood. Uh, he said, but then there is a, a tight group of friends. Uh, and as he explained it, he said, you know, if you get through life and you have two or three in that tight group, you are a blessed person. Yeah. And I thought to myself, you know, um, I, I, I praise God. I've got a lot of friends, a lot of people that I really feel truly, sincerely care about me. I really am. But I am thankful that I've got a handful of, of folks who are just in that inner circle that have just given me strength in, in my days of weakness. And, uh, and that is of God. And I, what I want to say uh, before we get into our verses is that um, – you can have some people like that in your life if you will just allow it and if you will give it time and if you will understand what qualities need to go into that. Um, uh, listen, uh, you know, Richard is an Alabama Crimson Tide fan, which I think is just appalling. Roll Tide. I, I just right. absolutely appalling. Um, uh, it is nauseating. Can I, can I insert uh, something it's, there? It's repulsive. I mean, I could say a lot of... But, you know, you, we don't have to be identical in every way because we have Jesus in common, and that, oh, that, that supersedes everything else. Yeah, let me just insert there. I was an Alabama Tide in the 1990s when they stunk, and I've stuck with my team. So I didn't just pick them because I'm a bandwagon guy. And uh, the fact that we don't see eye to eye on college football teams matters zilch. Uh, to me, it is nauseating that anyone could be an Alabama. I mean, think about it, Saban, Satan, right? But it's like, okay, whatever. But we're, we're able to be good friends in spite of differences, you know? And, um, but the point I'm trying to make is that some people, it's like if, if, if one person that they could be great friends with has one thing that they don't like. They just can't seem to overcome it. So yeah. In a person's life, if you, if, if you get three people by the time you die, that you really find a strong godly connection with, then you are blessed, but don't go to a church and expect it to happen the first month you're there. 
uh, because it's probably not going to happen that soon. I mean, good night. How long had I been saved before you and I met each other? You know, we're um, just going to blow right by the fact that you're bagging on Alabama like that. Like you're just going to take a shot and then try to move on and make it spiritual. So, yes. Yes. No, that's I don't exactly think so. We're doing. So for the record, okay, <laughs> for the record, I was an Alabama fan in the 1990s when they were terrible. <laughs> And I lived in Alabama, so I have every right to be a fan, one. And two, Saban is the greatest college coach ever to live. The numbers don't lie. And three, you're a Volunteers fan, so no no more needs to be said. Well, I would say the Volunteers are now where Alabama was then. But however, uh, when you're a Christian, wins and losses don't necessarily tell the whole story. You have to have okay. principles, okay? Principles. So, you know, it's like, okay, national championships, so what? I'm looking for godliness. That's what I'm looking for. So, <laughs> If the rapture anyway. were to happen, I think uh, Alabama's team would still stay strong. Tennessee's team would probably to- be totally eviscerated. So half of them Alabama would wouldn't miss a beat if they the rapture happened. No, I'm not going to argue. No, with you wouldn't there. miss a beat. They have so. Satan as their head coach, right? So, um, so yeah, no. So with Christian the, friendship, Christian. Yeah, like, I, think I think we're overlapping each other. We are a little bit. So no, Christian friendship is vital. And to your point, um, being there for each other through thick and thin, uh, a lot of friendships are built on circumstances. And when those circumstances change, the friendships disappear. And I don't know that that's necessarily bad, but you're good. Like you said, you're good to have two or three friends that stick with you, even when the circumstances change and, and all that. So we want to jump into some scripture here, right? And, and, and look at some verses on this. Yes, we do. And I'm going to let you go first on that. Yeah. You, you, you take the first verse and I'll take the second one. We'll see how far we go in the uh, uh, 12 minutes we have left. Absolutely. So friendships, um, having the right friends is a big part of, you mentioned earlier, of us um, getting through life. And bad friends can have the opposite effect on us. They can pull us down. And Proverbs 17 uh, lays out for us the difference between a wise friend and a foolish friend. Verse 9 says, he that covereth a transgression seeketh love but he that repeateth the matter separateth very friends. A reproof entereth more into a wise man than an hundred stripes into a fool. An evil man seeketh only rebellion. Therefore, a cruel messenger shall be sent against him. Let a bear robbed of her whelps meet a man rather than a fool in his folly. So um, I know that's not one verse, that's four, but those verses lay out for us a contrast between wise friends and foolish friends. And um, I have found, Pastor mm-hmm. King, that we are attracted to the people that we're like and the people mm-hmm. that we want to be like. And so I would just say, if you want to go in the right direction, then you need to try to find friends that have a character uh, that shows who you want to become and what you want uh, to be like. And if you don't want, you, I've heard people say, well, I don't do that. My friends do that. And, and I'm not involved in that. Well, eventually you're going to become the the sum total of who your friends are. You're either going to become wise if you surround yourself with wise friends, or you're going to become foolish if you surround yourself with foolish friends. Absolutely. I'm thinking right now of two guys that I have tried over the years to minister to that, that they both love to smoke pot. 
Okay. I mean, they just do. They both love to talk about how they want a relationship with God. They love to talk about that. But what I see is their intentions are serving God. Their actions are smoking pot. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And, and they just can't seem to, uh, it's like they'll get together, you know, we're gonna have a Bible study. Well, that Bible study turns into a pot smoking party. Okay. And it's like, guys, okay. Do you not see the problem here? Do you not see the problem here? Uh, you and I have been together hundreds of times. We've never smoked pot together. Never. <laughs> never even thought about it. No, it's never even occurred to me that we could do that until today. So, but it, yeah, it, it is. That, that, though, that's a great passage. Uh, you know, I think I mentioned a minute ago that we're trying to, uh, for every episode, select three verses a piece, which I doubt yeah. we'll ever get through six verses in one episode. But let me give you mine. Uh, and we're also trying not to take the most common verses. But here's uh, the first verse that I picked. It's Proverbs 27, 9. It says, ointment and perfume rejoice the heart. So doth the sweetness of a man's friends by hearty counsel. Uh, I, I love that. And I'll tell you why. Um, I am, uh, I'm one of those people that like for everything around me to smell good. Okay. I like our house to smell good. I like the church to smell good everywhere I go. I want my car to smell good. Um, I don't mind smelling like a guy after I've cut the grass. You know, I don't mind getting filthy, dirty, and I don't mind getting sweaty. I don't mind doing that. But when I'm done doing whatever calls me to do, I don't want to sit in it. Mm -hmm. you, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I want to clean up. And I want to, you know, I'm, I, once I've done it, I've got to get in the shower. I got to wash off. I got to get cleaned up. I got to, I, I like to be here. And so this verse talks about ointment and perfume, rejoice the heart. I get that. I, I get that. I'm a smell oriented kind of person. And, um, there, listen, uh, there are certain people that when I look down at, at my cell phone and see that that person is calling me, it, it will auto or texting me, it will automatically put a smile on my face because I, I it's, it is, it's ointment, it's perfume to me. And I want to be around people that do that. Now, I got to say, the pastor, I really can't think of anybody that I look down and I go, oh, not them again. I really can't think of anybody that's like that with me. But I can think of a, a handful of people that, oh, cool. Hey, someone's those texting me, you know. Um, it's ointment. It's perfume. It's sweetness. Uh, when you get that kind of a friendship out of somebody, um, I, I think the, um, uh, the best way to describe that verse is to say that your friends create your atmosphere. Okay, they create your atmosphere. If if right now I'm sitting in the church auditorium here at Calvary and Niagara Falls, if there was a horrible stench in here right now, uh, what you and I are talking about would would lessen in importance. Um, what I've got the rest of the day would lessen in importance. The first thing I would think is that smell's got to get out of here. Okay, because it just creates a negative atmosphere. I want to be around people that create a godly atmosphere. That's a sweet smelling atmosphere. So Proverbs 27, nine, that's my first verse. What's your second one? Well, I've got one here. Uh, and this is one about Abraham. It says, and the scripture was fulfilled, which said Abraham believed God and it was imputed unto him for righteousness. And he was called the friend of God. Oh, and that's good. I, I would say that Abraham is a, a great example of someone who maybe was lonely a lot in life. You know, he had, um, 
he had to walk alone. Um, Lot abandoned him. You know, we know his father passed away, and uh, no doubt he had his wife, um, but he was forced to draw nigh to God. And I would just encourage you, if you're a person in life right now, you, you look around and feel like, I, I just don't, I'm not in a place to have a lot of friends. Well, first get in church and find someone in your church that uh, you can be close to. But first and foremost, make God mm-hmm. your closest friend, draw nigh to him. And by the way, as you draw nigh to God, what you'll find is that he'll set the tone for all the other friendships that you have. Uh, if a minute ago you heard Pastor King talk about smoking pot and you thought, well, what's wrong with smoking pot? I would just say, get close to God and make him your best friend. And a lot of these um, what's wrong with type attitudes begin to fall off and you begin to draw close yeah. to people who likewise are drawing close to God. Uh, I know every pastor gives the same marriage advice that marriage is a triangle with God at the top and husbands and wives are to grow closer to the Lord. And as they grow close to the Lord, they'll grow closer to each other. And while that's true for marriage, I would say that's true for any real friendship. Um, Abraham drew nigh to God. And if you and others around you will draw nigh to God, uh, the two of you will, in in essence, become very close with each other. Look at someone like a David and a Jonathan who had that in common. They both deeply and passionately loved the Lord. And as a result, the two of them were as close as two men could possibly be. So, yeah. 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 It's funny. People want a David Jonathan type friendship, but they, they reject what created that, you know? Uh, and, and really we're talking about two guys who are from totally different backgrounds. Um, they didn't have anything in common except the Lord. That was it. Yeah. And listen, I, I want to tell you, if, if you're lonely looking for a friend, I guarantee you that your church has got some people in their 80s and 90s that would love to have a friend, but uh, you're you're just too full of yourself to, you know, to to do that. So, hey, let me give you another one I've got here. This one's really good, and we're winding down on time here. Um, so uh, this could be the last. You've done two verses, right? Yeah. So this is my second one. Is that yeah. correct? Yep. Okay. Uh, so here's my second one. Proverbs 22, 24. Make no friendship with an angry man, and with a friend with a furious man thou shalt not go. Make no friendship with an angry man. Um, I listen, I have known plenty of people who have anger problems, plenty, okay. And I will love every last one of them. I will be, I will try to be a good example and a good pastor and a good caring person, but. some people want angry friends because they are angry. And I just don't want that in my life. I I just don't. And uh, if you are going to be the the kind of friend you ought to be, you have to deal with your anger problems. And uh, listen, an angry person will always find an object to direct their anger at. Okay. Pardon my improper grammar there, but um Angry people will always find something to be to be angry with uh, every single time. Uh, and, and there are some people that you cannot have a conversation with them without them expressing their anger over politics, their anger over, you know, the city needs to fix these potholes, that, you know, their anger over, you know, the, the, the quarterback for my favorite football team. He's horrible and angry over your wife, angry. 
And you just want to say, knock it off. Okay, knock it off. Um, anger will attract certain people to you. Anger will repel certain people from you. Okay, so what you need to understand is that anger is, is bringing the wrong kind of people into your life. If you want good, healthy friendships, you got to submit, submit your anger to the Lord. Make no friendship with an angry man. Yeah, hey, our time is just about up. And, you know, we forgot, we forgot to do something. We were supposed to give the funniest thing we saw all week and a joke of the week. I think we were going to do the funniest thing before our devotional and then the um, joke after. So you, you're doing the joke first, right? Yeah, I, mean, I, you're doing I can, the funniest I can move forward with a joke. Absolutely. Okay. What is the joke of the week? Why aren't noses 12 inches long? Why aren't noses 12 inches? That's a great question. Because then it would be your foot. <laughs> oh, that's genius. That is absolute genius. Wow. <laughs> okay. All right. I got the funniest thing I've seen all week, and it was a Facebook meme, okay? And um, this probably will not be funny to some people, but to me, it is absolutely knee-slapping hilarious, and I, and I feel bad that it is, but I read this on Facebook last week. Middle age is just walking around all day muttering things like, what was I going to say? <laughs> Why did I come in here? Did I already take that pill? How did I get this bruise? Why am I sore? And where did I leave my phone? So, <laughs> I, Richard, you you probably you're you're 37, is that right? Correct. I've gotten so about two or three of those in over the last week, but definitely not all of them. Yeah, all of those. I, I look at it I'm like, yeah, that's me. That's not good. So that's the funniest thing that I have seen all week long. So there we go. There we go. I think we got like 25 seconds left. So you want to give a word of adios? Yeah, no, this has been great. We hope you'll tune in next Monday and uh, join us. You know, we're going to continue the conversation about uh, having the right, right. kind of friends. So.